Uh, to start, I want to share um, um, the work that Micah, Diane, Karen, and I did last week about how we're going to rework our, our um, mornings on the basis of um, all of your input. It was really sweet to sit and read the input. Um, so, Wednesday morning's pretty much going to do very similar to Tuesday evening. Uh, we are going to keep our hour just the same, 9.30 to 10.30. Then we're going to have a break at 9.30 and about five minutes for people that need to leave um, to stand and stretch. And then regroup for those who want to stay as we explore how do we give more space for smaller group sharing time, discussion time, um, practice um, 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 sharing time. So uh, that's going to look like all sorts of things. And I hope to have time to kind of give a little, little dry run of that um, today. So we're going to do that. Then one of you two, I can't remember which, had the beautiful idea of a gratitude board. Uh, the, Micah, was that you that's brought it up? Well, we discussed it that it actually came from you, but you denied that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't think about it for here. That was lovely. Um, something you had seen at the at the detention center, yeah, the pillars painted in the nice colors with uh, dry erase markers to write gratitudes on. Um, so we're going to try to have that, and we've got three gratitudes up there today, and neither none of us wrote our names, but I would suggest write your name too. And that board's going to be there just to, to share with each other um, in the morning. And then we have a community um, anyone who's willing to help offer some sort of community sharing event, joining, um, that came up really high on the surveys. People wanted more time for just community get-together, like a potluck or a movie night. And the way we decided to do that is whoever's willing to organize, they get to plan what it is. <laughs> uh, and we have our first two people who are willing to organize. Um, Ellen from Tuesday evening and Jen who goes back and forth between Wednesday and Tuesday. So they're going to get together and come up with some idea for our first community event. Okay, help me out. What am I missing? Oh, the practice group. Okay, so the other thing that came up high is people liked the idea of small practice groups get-togethers like um, uh, once a month where you meet with six to eight people for six months to really share about practice at a deeper level. Um, so I'm meeting with someone who does that with another group in town uh, and picking his brain um, about how we can kind of formally organize that here. So that will come. The last thing was, Paul, I think it was you who said the lunch with Rumi. Right. And so that would kind of go with the community events. If someone has an idea like lunch with Rumi, people liked that as well. Uh, but what it's going to take is someone willing to say, okay, I'm going to organize lunch with Rumi. It's going to meet, um, but, you know, and then the organization can help support share that word and out. 
So if you feel moved to actually pull that off, um, speak up, or if someone else has some idea um, that you would like to offer. Um, um, I know, Bill, I hope you don't mind saying, I know you've seen every now and then like online courses. Um, and I know sometimes what happens around the country, these are national online courses, is small groups at a local place will get together to explore it together through the course. That's another nice way of having a small group sharing. So what that would take is somebody feeling inspired by an idea and, and then the organization can help support, put the word out. And just deeply appreciate um, y'all's willingness to kind of jump in there and help look at this and anyone who um, wants to share as we get stronger at supporting each other, particularly in these very difficult times where we need this. Um, so, okay, so for today, um, I have a short story and then out of this um, story would love to explore some small group exploration. Um, this is a story, it's from a Brothers Grimm story, The Water of Life. Love that story, but it's very long. Um, very, very, very um, fruitful story to examine, but just so long that I actually ha don't think I've ever brought it here. But I read this kind of shortened um, alternative version of it that's just simple and goes straight to one point and uh, it it fits right in this theme of how can we look at our practice in a different way to help strengthen it and get it stronger. So in this version, this comes from Koshin Pali Ellison, um, the New York Zen Center for Contemplative Care. And I'm modifying just a bit from his too. Uh, so in a kingdom far, far away, long, long time ago, there was a king who was very sick and he knew there was something called the water of life that could cure him, um, make him well again. He had three sons, so he promised the sons whoever could find the water of life would inherit the kingdom. Now the eldest son was considered the smart one, the wise one, the intelligent one, and he was the eldest, and so he just immediately said, this is mine to do. I am the one that is going to be able to use my intellect to figure this out. And, and Father, I will come back with the water of life to save your life. And so he goes out, uh, travels who knows how far, eventually crosses a bridge where, of course, there's a troll under the bridge. <laughs> and the troll pops out on top of the bridge. And before the troll can even say anything, the eldest brother looks at the troll and says, you disgust me, get out of my way, and literally knocks the troll off the bridge and goes on. Well, you know, as it turns out, trolls actually have some magical powers and maybe knocking it off the bridge isn't that smart. So the troll, as, as he's disappearing off into the distance, you know, throws a curse at him. Um, and the curse lands and the eldest brother finds himself in a narrow canyon that gets deeper and deeper, muddier and muddier until he gets stuck. 
mired in the muck. He can't go forward, can't go backwards, and he's just stuck. So he doesn't show back up. <laughs> the second brother, the second brother um, in this version is called the fabulous one, <laughs> the handsome fabulous one. And when the oldest brother doesn't show back up, he's like, well, this is mine. And like in kind of this big egoic way, um, um, puffs up and I got this. And he goes marching out, um, goes a fair distance, um, crosses a bridge, troll jumps out. Pretty much basically the same thing. You disgust me, knocks the troll off the bridge. He gets cursed. He gets stuck in trouble somewhere. So eventually it's just the youngest who's left at the, at the castle with his father sick, neither brother coming back. And he realizes that this is what's needed for him to go out and look for the water of life. It's just what needs to be done. He's actually called in this version the dumbling. Um, sometimes that's referred to as the simpleton, the one who is a bit slow, a bit simple. But he sees what needs to be done, and he goes. Off he goes, who knows how far, crosses a bridge. Troll pops up on the bridge. And before the troll can say anything, he looks at the troll and he says, Oh, hi, how are you? Who are you? And ask him the question. And the troll's kind of dumbstruck <laughs> that somebody's actually like greeting him with care and hospitality. That the troll like is a little taken aback and says, oh, well, I'm the troll of the bridge. Who are you? And the brother says, I'm, you know, from such and such kingdom trying to find the water of life to save my father's life. And the troll says, oh, I know where that is. Follow me. I will take you there. And so the troll and the, the brother go off and they get the water of life, bring it back to the father. The father is cured and the youngest brother inherits the kingdom. So it's kind of this beautiful metaphor for like infinite number of things. But if you think about it for practice, why do we practice? It's the water of life. It's like the water we're looking for to help heal our illness, our, our pain, our hurt, our worry. And what often happens when we practice is our intellect gets in the way and tries to bat trolls out of the way and we get stuck. Or, or our ego gets caught up in it in a way that's not helpful. Um, tries to bat trolls out. And, you know, trolls pop up. That's what happens. You go on a journey, trolls are going to be there. That's just part of it. <laughs> um, um, and it's not until the, the youngest son walks on the path with a different kind of orientation, with a willingness to meet whatever troll happens to pop up on the path. And that act of meeting the troll is what allows him to find the water of life. The troll is not what's in the way. The troll is the way. That's a really helpful turnaround. 
And if you just pause for your own self right now and consider your practice, what kind of trolls pop up for you that feel like they are standing in the way of the path? Maybe it's a troll of busyness. I'm too busy. Maybe it's a troll of distracted mind. My mind is just too crazy to settle down in this moment. Maybe it's a troll of anxiety or worry. Maybe it's a troll of just um, caught up in too many things. You know, it doesn't, you know, what's the one for you? What are some of the ones? Let me rephrase that. I know I have more than one. <laughs> what are some of the ones for you? Like maybe just name one internally for yourself. And then consider what's, what way do I meet this troll that's like the first two brothers? And what happens with that? What do I know about meeting this troll? Or what am I learning about meeting this troll as the third brother? What happens with that? <laughs> 